Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. We're just excited about today. This is New Year's weekend, and I am really excited about this message, and I want to open up with a story. A long time ago, long time ago, Gina and I got into this big fight last year. No, it's been a long time. It's decades, decades. We got into this big fight at home, and we just had no resolution, just a big argument. And uh, I left the house, and I came here to the office. And this is absolutely true. I'm not making this up. 95% of the time when her and I have conflict, it's my fault. 5% of the time, it's hers. And I was convinced this was one of those times. She was wrong. And so I'm, at, I'm in my office. She's at home, and I'm stewing. And I thought, I know what I'll do, because if I call her, she'll interrupt me. So I'm going to leave her a voicemail. And I called her office phone to leave her a voicemail. And I, I did everything wrong. I, I used the, you always, you never. <clears throat> I told her, you know, you just reacted because I hit something in your amygdala, and it just sent you going crazy, you know, and I just let her have it on everything. You escalated, and when I hung up, I was so happy. I thought, now she can't interrupt me, and uh, she's going to have to listen to everything exactly as I said, and do you know, five minutes later, she called me, and I thought, wow, she listened, She because you can pull them from uh, off-site, but then I could tell she didn't listen because she said, honey, I just want to let you know I'm 100% wrong. And you were right. I escalated. I did everything wrong, and I'd like you to forgive me. And I got caught up in that moment. It was so awesome. It was so sweet. And it's like I said, okay. And then when I hung up, I remembered I left that voicemail. And I thought, uh-oh. But I knew how to retrieve them and delete them. So I went into her office to retrieve it and delete it. But she had a security code. And I, I tried her birthday. I tried her PIN number. I tried the last four digits of her social. I tried the first four digits of her social. Nothing opened it up. So now I'm in trouble because now that's going to be my fault. That's an entirely another fight. And I said a lot of strong things. So I, I didn't know what to do. And then I thought of one of the young guys here, one of our tech guys. And this is decades ago. He was single. So I, I called him in. I said, hey, someday you're going to understand what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> when you're married. <laughs> and I said, I don't want you to think your pastor is not spiritual, but I left Gina a really mean uh, voicemail, and I said, I can't break through a code, and I know you could break into the Pentagon, so would you just break in? And he began to laugh. He said, I understand. I've had a couple girlfriends. I fully understand. And, and so he deleted it for me. And here's, I want to open up today asking you this question. Is there anything in this past year you'd just love to be able to delete? Because Gina, she's not here this weekend, and she's never heard this story yet. No, no, <laughs> I told her later, but she never heard that voicemail. Is there, anything, is there anything you'd love to delete concerning this past year? The, the good news is you can. You can. And so we're going to talk a little bit as we open this up about deleting the past year. And then we want to go forward from there. Here's my big idea. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than you've ever understood it. And it goes like this. A fresh year means a fresh start. And you can see start is an acrostic. There's five principles, and I connected them to the word start, one for each letter. And we're going to have a blast. But in order to have a fresh year and a fresh start, we have to understand how to delete the mistakes in our life. 
And the first thing you and I have to understand is God deletes those mistakes. Isn't that exciting? God deletes them. And here's one of my favorite scriptures, Micah 7, 18, and it says, where, where is the God who can compare with you, Lord God? Wiping the slate clean of guilt, turning a blind eye, a deaf ear to the past sins of your purged and precious people. If you're a Christian, Think about this. You're one of God's pure, purged and precious people. Isn't that pretty exciting all by itself? But listen to this. He wipes our slates clean of guilt. God deletes all of our bad voicemails, and that's really important. And I love the way the Message Bible did this, turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to our past sins. So on God's side, he's a deleter. And you and I have to understand that. He's not holding you accountable. He forgives. He wipes clean because he knows we're imperfect. But it's really tough for us to delete the bad things from this past year. It's hard for us to forget the mistakes and the sins that maybe we committed. And you know what? Paul wrote about this. And for those of you that don't know who Paul was, the Apostle Paul, he's also called St. Paul, he was the most spiritual person next to Jesus that ever walked on planet Earth. He was amazing. Uh, He was called to the non-Jewish world. He went all over the world and preached Christ for the first time to nation after nation. Millions of people accepted Christ. He was absolutely amazing. He wrote nearly three quarters of our New Testament. And understand, any author of the Bible didn't just write what they were thinking. God gave them words to write, but that's how spiritual he was. He wrote nearly three quarters of the New Testament, and here's this guy, the most spiritual guy that ever walked on planet Earth, uh, next to Jesus, and and he said this, Philippians 3.13, no, dear brothers, I am still not all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. (laughs) If this guy had to do this, then all of us have to do it. Listen to the first phrase I highlighted I am still not all I should be. You know, this is the same Paul that in Romans chapter seven, you know what he wrote? The things that I wanna do, I end up not doing. And the things that I'm not supposed to do, those are the ones I end up doing. So he's still struggling like every one of us in this room. And so he said, here's the most important thing. As you're ready to go into the year, you need to be able to delete. He said, I'm putting all my energies to bear on one thing. In other words, he says, I'm putting the most effort into one thing, because if I don't put this effort into it, I'll never have a fresh year, I'll never have a fresh start, I'll never have a better year than I did this past year. And he says, it's forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, if you look at this in context, beginning in chapter one, verse one, he talks about good things he did and bad things he did. And you know what? We need to delete them all. It's, it's okay to smile and celebrate over the good things we did, but the last thing you and I want to do is live on our past victories, live on our past successes. That's, that, that will keep you in the past. You'll never go forward. But most of us are okay there, but where we really struggle is forgetting the failures and saying, I'm going to go on from here. So a fresh Year means a fresh start, but you can never have a fresh start and a fresh year until you delete. And God deletes. We need to delete our past failures. Let's talk about the S. And this just this real simple. S stands for start with fasting. So there are some of you here that just scared you like crazy, that the thought of fasting. But here at Believers, 
For years now, we've been doing, in January, a 21-day fast. And if you've never been involved, I really believe this is the year for you to step in. And you can step in at a beginner level. I don't want you to be afraid of it. But we do this 21-day fast. It begins January 3rd. That's Wednesday. And it goes through January 24th. So on January 3rd, you would begin your fast. We'll talk about how that can look. And then on January 10th, which is another Wednesday, on the 10th, uh, we're going to meet here at night, and we're going to have a corporate prayer meeting. And then on the 17th, we're going to meet here at night and have a corporate prayer meeting. But then it ends on January 24th, that Wednesday, we're going to meet, and we're going to have an all-night of worship. And that's when we're like, we're finished. We can go have, you know, some junk food afterwards, whatever you're going to do. But, but you celebrate. And I really believe that's going to be the night that God really gives you some answers for some things you prayed and you fasted concerning. So it's gonna be an incredible time. And I just wanna take a moment, help you understand fasting. And if you were to ask me, just give it to me in one or two lines, I would say this. We fast food, we fast other things to bring us to a state of being desperate. And we fill that desperateness with more of God. That's all it is. And fasting is always connected to prayer. So I'm gonna help you understand it. Um, <clears throat> I love this quote. Moses fasted 40 days. Elijah fasted 40 days. Paul fasted 14 days. Jesus fasted 40 days. If the children of God do not fast, how will we ever fit into the armor of God? Did any of you have any trouble buttoning your pants this morning with the holidays, right? Had to stretch those jeans a little bit, right? Listen, you have spiritual armor, and you have a belt of truth. You have the breastplate of righteousness. And if you're going to be spiritually fit, you have to begin to fast. It's something that you have to do. You'll never be totally spiritual fit, spiritually fit. But now, fasting doesn't have to be crazy. And I always think there's a beginner's level for everything, so you don't want to just jump in. So let's talk a little bit about what a fast can, can, can do for you, and then I want to show you how a fast can look. Here, here's number one. Fasting helps us overcome barriers. So have, do you have any glass ceilings or glass walls in your life that you just can't bust through? Fasting will help you break through them. Fasting helps us uh, solve problems. Do you have any problems? You're not sure what to do in this situation. Fasting will help you do it. Fasting helps us make decisions. You're at a Y in the road. Which way do you go? Fasting will help you know which way to go. I love this one. Fasting helps us change the ones we love. So think for a moment now. Siblings, parents, children, mates. Do you have someone in your life that you love that they're self-destructing? And you've talked to them, you've tried to give them wisdom and help them see, and it's like talking to the floor. I mean, they're not listening. You can fast and pray for them, and you can release God to open up their eyes to see what they can't see. And then how about this one? Fasting helps us satisfy spiritual hunger. Now, I've had the pleasure of, of pastoring believers for 34 years, and I want to say to you, I've watched people and I've watched people become spiritually hunger, hungry and not know what to do with it. So they blame everybody else. They'll even blame the church. And if you're spiritually hungry, if you're craving more, fasting and prayer is designed to fill that need and that gap in your life. And no, one, no person, no church can ever give it to you. And here's the last one. Fasting helps us seek and discover 
God's will for our life. And so that's all the things. You'll be praying and you'll be making your list up for 21 days and you'll just take 21 days and whatever it is, Lord, I need my, my child to change, they're self-destructing, whatever it is, you just lift those up to God. Lord, I need to know what direction to go. You fast, you pray for those breakthroughs and God will give them to you. So what can it look like to fast? What can you do to bring yourself in a desperate state? Well, for some of us, this will work, sweets and junk food. You just give up sweets and junk food. Now, I have a friend, this happened a couple decades ago too, but he told me he was gonna do a 30-day liquid fast, and I'm like impressed, you know, bone broth, soup broth, tea, you know, things like that, water. And so I saw him about a weekend, and he looked phenomenal. And I just said, man, you're doing good. He said, I'm doing good. So I'm two weeks in. I'm doing great. So I'm three weeks in, doing great. Then about the 26th day, I saw him, and he walks in with a milkshake, McDonald's milkshake. And I said, oh, you ended your fast. No condemnation, because 26 days is a lot. I said, oh, you ended your fast. He goes, no, I didn't. I said, but you're drinking a milkshake. He said, that's, what, that's my liquid fast. He said, I've had three milkshakes a day, and I'm, I'm doing it for 30 days. Can anyone say type 2 diabetes, right? So I told him, I said, that's not a fast, and that's not a liquid fast. He says, this is liquid? I said, it's melted ice cream. It's not liquid, right? But he, he went on and finished it, went on, a, he did his 30-day fast. If you're going to give up sweets and junk food, no milkshakes, okay? Um, or you can give up meat, fish, and dairy, which is, if you put the two together, you have what's called a Daniel fast. Now, that, don't confuse that now with the Daniel plan. The Daniel plan comes from Rick Warren. It's incredible. It's just a plant-based diet, which is awesome, but they throw meat in there and everything else. A Daniel fast is no meat, no treats, and no sweets. And you want to talk about becoming desperate? It will make you desperate. You'll have to go to God to fill that. Or you can give up a meal like dinner, right? And think about it. You can eat breakfast lunch, but you skip dinner. And then at night when you're going crazy, you don't have a snack, you skip dinner and the snack, right? And then you, you read your Bible a little bit more, you pray a little bit more, you lift these things up to God and you let God fill that part of your life. It's an amazing thing. Or you can give up all food. That means you just drink water. And I would recommend one day only at a time if you're new, like maybe the three Wednesdays, just do water. If you really want to experience it, do something else at the other times. And then none of that works if you don't do this next one. You ready? Media. Because media will anesthetize. It will absolutely solve your problem. So here you are desperate, and then you can just get lost in YouTube, uh, Snapchat, Facebook, Netflix, right? And so what are you really doing? I mean, you're not taking more time to read your Bible or pray. And if you had to choose between food and media, this wouldn't be true in Bible days, but today I'd say you'd be better off to fast media and eat all the food you want. Because media will, you fast media in the day in which we live and it will drive you batty. You'll go crazy. And so what do you do? You say, all right, I'm gonna give that up. So I'm gonna do a food thing for fasting but I'm gonna do media too, and here's how I do media. I wanna help some of the guys out. Um, I always tell the Lord up front. I don't change it as I go. I say, Lord, I'm giving up all media except NFL playoff games <laughs> and college bowl games. Now think about it, 99% of the time I'm not watching any media, but I wanna see the playoff games and I wanna see the national championship game for college. So I say, Lord, I'm gonna watch those but I'm not gonna eat any wings or anything because I'm doing my food fast at the same time. But Lord, 
every other moment, I'm not going to do any media. That makes you go to bed early, get up early. It changes everything. That's the idea of a fast. So I'm believing, I'm praying that all of us are going to step it up and, and maybe do a level we've never done. Some of you are going to do it for the first time. Here's the T. We need to take inventory. Here's what take inventory means. A fresh year means a fresh start. T, take inventory. It's looking back at our lives and asking what worked and what didn't work. For all of you that own businesses, I know most of you do this, especially if you're successful in your business. I always do it around September for the church. I, I begin to ask what's working and what's not working. Are we getting the bang for the buck? Are we getting the bang for the amount of volunteers? Um, is, is somebody able to take us to the next level in the position they're in? And I just look at all that and I prayerfully consider what should we cut what should we add as a church? You need to do that if you have a business. Um, but in my personal life, in January, while I'm fasting, I'm praying and I'm taking that time to worship more, pray more, read my Bible more. I'm asking this question. What didn't work this past year? What do I need to cut out? What do I need, maybe need to add? <clears throat> and it's an amazing time because you're taking that extra time. And while you're taking that extra time, wherever your prayer time is, that's when you can begin to take inventory. And I love this quote, it goes like this, progress is impossible without change. And those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. You can't go forward unless you make changes. So if you wanna stay right where you were in 2017, just do everything the same. And we know that, most of us, but if you wanna see changes, start with fasting, then take inventory. And here's the next one. You have to add vision. Here's another true story. Quite a few years ago, I, um, <clears throat> I decided I wanted to buy a Greyhound racing dog. You know the dogs that race? They're so incredible. So I did some research. And then I found out you don't even have to buy them. Uh, they, they, after they're finished racing and they retire, they adopt. They give them out for adoption. Now, they do a background check on you to make sure you're okay to adopt them. So that was really cool. But then I investigated further. You know what I found out? Greyhound dogs are lazy. They do not do long distance. They're incredible sprinters, but they'd rather lay on a couch. And I'm reading all this research. They're like catch potatoes. Now, they need to run, but if you give them a choice, they'd rather just lay around. And that just got me to thinking. I thought, wow, that's interesting. But how do they get them to race? They have that fake rabbit, whatever it is that, you know, and they're in their starting blocks and the bell rings and that rabbit begins to move and they begin to chase that rabbit around that track and they're running like crazy. They make sure that rabbit stays ahead of them. That rabbit's like vision to you and I. And if we don't have our rabbit vision, if we don't put some things out in front of us and say, I'm gonna chase this down in the year to come, we're gonna be like a greyhound dog. We're gonna be couch potatoes, right? We're just, gonna, we're, we're just gonna lay around and not do anything. So we need that rabbit in our lives and we begin to add this beautiful thing called vision. And vision is an amazing thing. Listen to Proverbs 17, 24. An intelligent person aims at wise action. That would be vision. But a fool starts off in many directions. That's no vision. That's the couch potato version. And so you and I have to add vision. Now, 
One of the things I love about believers is we have so many young people here, so many young couples, and I just love to see them. Last night I had a blast in the lobby with the young couples. They really, really loved the message, and they all were telling me we're going to fast, and we're really excited about this. And then a lot of our college students were back, and I just had a blast talking to the college students that are back on break. It was just a lot of fun, and we're just loaded with young people here. And for all of us, but especially young people, because God will use folks my age and older and, and in between, but for you young folks, listen, when you fast and pray and seek God, and you're saying, God, um, I'm taking inventory, God, I wanna add vision, God's gonna give you sometimes some vision that you think is impossible for you to do, or it's bigger than you are, or maybe it's never been done before. And I wanna encourage you not to be afraid of grabbing the big vision. I wanna share a couple incredible stories with you. Here's the first one. Everything that can be invented has been invented. This is U.S. Patent Office Commissioner Charles Duell in 1899. Can you imagine in 1899 saying nothing else can ever be invented? But you know what, people do that now. Now, now look at all the technology we have now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking simulcasting live to Boardman right now. Think about that, FaceTime and, or, or Facebook and, 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 our, and our website, it's all live. Think about what, what we live in, it's amazing. Think about what you can watch on your phone anytime and anywhere you wanna watch it. But guess what, there are things that have not been invented yet. And some of you, you might think, oh, I live in the Mahoning Valley, God could never, do not limit yourself with that thinking. God might give you something that blows, and blows your mind and changes the world. Here's another one. The concept is interesting and well-formed, but in order to earn better than a C, the idea has to be feasible. Yale University management professors comments on a paper written by Fred Smith proposing an overnight delivery service in the early 1970s. Smith went on to start Federal Express. His teacher said, man, your writing's perfect, but I can only give you a C because this is impossible. God might give you something that you think is impossible. I'm sure Jeff Bios that, that started Amazon, I'm sure when he started, actually I know because I read articles that they told him this will never work and Walmart's gonna blow you out of the water, you can't compete. I buy almost everything I buy except groceries on Amazon. And uh, Walmart's trying to catch up now. Amazon's now worth twice as much as Walmart is. They're, they're twice the value. So Walmart's trying to catch up. And if they called me, I could tell them how to do it. But they, they, just, they just haven't called me. Call me. Call me. Whatever. However you do that simple. Give me a call, you know. I, don't, I think it's like, it's like that. Call me. Whatever. Uh, call me. All right. I, I see kids do it, but I don't know how to do it. All right. So call me. Listen, I, the latest thing Walmart did is now you can, you can go get same day in the store or two day in the store. And I'm like, who wants to walk through a whole store to pick something up? Yeah, and I'm thinking, all you have to do is blow out a back wall and, and uh, have a drive-through. Now I'll go to the drive-through, I can do that. But I don't wanna get out of my sweats to walk in the store, right? I mean, come on. They, they could rock if they did that, all right? So Walmart, do that. Now this is for every, I had to share this last one for people in my age group and up. Listen to this, you ain't going nowhere, son. You ought to go back to driving a truck. Grand old Opry manager, Jim Denny, in 1954, firing Elvis Presley after one performance. Anybody, young people, you know who Elvis is? 
He was the king before LeBron was born. They call him the king, man. I mean, he, he was one of the most profound musicians. He shook the world. He changed the world. He also was one of the, he wasn't the greatest actor, but he had one of the most incredible amount of, amount of movies. He did more movies than so many actors have done. But can you imagine the Grand Old Opry? That was the platform, the venue. He tries out, he does a performance, and the guy that runs the Opry says, you stink. Elvis, how could you say, Elvis, don't step on my blue suede shoes or jailhouse rock? How could you say that to Elvis? Guys, people are gonna try to keep you down. I'm speaking now to every one of us, but especially young people. If God gives you big vision, go for it. Here's the next one. We have to run forward. That's the R. You have to run forward. Sooner or later, you have to step out on the water. You have to get out of the boat. And sometimes that's tough, and I want to let you hear this quote. It's an amazing quote. The Bible says, make your vision clear and write it down so those that read it can run with it. There comes a time concerning your vision where you have to move forward. That's B.C. Forbes. He was an immigrant. He came here with no money at all, but he created Forbes magazine and an empire. He became a billionaire as an immigrant, and he was a Christian. He was a tither. But here, here's, here's what he's saying. Sooner or later, you have to step out and run with your vision. And if you don't run forward, you're not gonna go anywhere. And here's what I've learned about vision now. I've pastored the same church for 34 years. It's like running a business in one side of it. Here's what I've learned, guys. It's like our lives. Ecclesiastes 11.4, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. All the ducks are never in a row. And you talk about a guy like me, I'm concrete, sequential. I have to do all my homework and I'm thinking everything through, I'm processing everything, but you have to do that. But sooner or later, you have to step out and, and all the I's are never dotted, all the T's are never crossed. You know, my, my, my granddaughter, Riley, she's six, uh, she asked me to write her name the other day, so I wrote it and she just looked at me and said, you spelled my name wrong. I said, honey, no, I didn't. She said, yeah, because I dotted the I, but the dot on the I was close to the L. She goes, it doesn't go there, it goes here. And I said, oh, okay. So the other day, she wanted a bottle of water, and they'd been drinking one sip and throwing the whole bottle away. So I said, let me write your name on it. She goes, Poppy, you can't spell. Let me write. Let me write the name. I said, no, I just put the I closer to the, I know how to spell Riley. And uh, she goes, no, Poppy, you can't spell. Let me, let me write my name, right? Listen, I've never seen everything line up. There comes a time when you just have to step out by faith, whether it's a spiritual thing God's dealing with, maybe reading your Bible more, maybe doing some other things that are in the spiritual side or the natural side. You just have to step out of the boat. But you know what? A fresh year means a fresh start. We start with fasting, we take inventory, we add vision, we run forward. This last one is the most important. If you do everything else and don't understand this, you'll never finish those things. And T stands for just simply trust God. We need God's help no matter what we do. We need his grace. And without his grace, we're never gonna be able to even do a 21-day fast, right? So even with the fast, you need the grace of God. But to take inventory, you need God's help. To add vision, you need God's help. To step out of the boat, run forward, you need God's help. And I love Proverbs 69, you ready? We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. And here's my prayer for everyone in this room, everybody listening, Boardman in your room, everyone listening on the internet. 
I am praying that God gives you a grace to take a step like you've never taken, to start the new year, to start with fasting, take inventory. I'm, I'm believing God to grace you because your life will change drastically. And I can tell you, for Gina and I, we do this every year, and it's amazing after we do it through the year what we watch God do in people's lives, and we watch God change things that we're praying for. And so if there's something you want to change, start with fasting. Take inventory. Add vision. Run forward and then trust God. Guys, I think this is a good time to pray. Boardman, Warren, can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Let's pray. Because I believe God's dealing with hearts right now, and this is really, really important. This is a spiritual moment in your life. This is a life-changing moment. So heads are bad, eyes are closed, and right now I feel as I've ministered this morning, and God's really dealt with many of you to fast for the first time. And I think we made it simple. You can go back and listen to this. All the PowerPoints are on our website or our app. You can, you can go through this at any time. And I just really believe God's dealing with so many to do the fast. And even if you can't come out on a Wednesday night, you can still fast. And his heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I just want to encourage you to say yes to God and Ask God, say, help me figure out what to fast, because sometimes that's really tough. He'll, he'll help you. And then you're going to need God's grace to do the fast, right? And Lord, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, there are some here that they're craving something spiritually, and I thank you this is going to be a moment in their life. And they're, they're needing someone they love to change. And turn around, Lord God. They're, they're needing some barriers to be knocked down, Lord. All of us have areas of our life where we need you to become involved. And Lord, we thank you for this incredible thing called prayer and fasting. So right now, I just want you in your heart to give you a chance to make a commitment to God just right now. And he'll help you walk it through. Can we stay in this attitude, Borman, Warren? Let's just stay in the attitude of prayer. Christians, let's pray. Keep praying. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here in Borman, Warren. You're not sure of your eternity. And I love what God said about us being his precious and purged people. That's awesome. That's what happens when you accept Jesus as your Savior. Right now, I'm not asking you if you grew up as a Christian. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you to join a religion. All those are great things, but you can do that and never meet Jesus. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a moment in your life when you prayed and you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. And I make you my savior. I accept you today. And I make a decision to follow you. If you're here, you say, I can't remember that. Borman, you say, I can't remember that day. I want to give you an opportunity right now. Would you pray with me? Everyone else in the room, can we pray? Let's let's give put, get our hearts into it. Can we pray with them? I know we've accepted Christ. Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born a sinner, but I thank you for Jesus. And this day, I realize he's the only way to heaven. Thank you for giving him as a gift. Jesus, I make a decision today to accept you as my Savior 
and to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.